Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back and good evening, everyone. This is Raz, and I'll be the keeper for this evening's Cthulhu in Cairo, a Bardic College podcast. And I'm joined by most of the team tonight. Unfortunately, we uh, have one of our members who has been stuck at work. So we won't have her with us tonight, but she does send her love and all her hopes and dreams for the rest of the team for this evening, since she knows there's a lot of action that should be occurring within the next few hours. So uh, let me give a quick introduction. Tonight we have playing Sid Poulter is Joel. Joel, if you would just give us a real quick recap about Sid. Sid's a man on the edge. No, Sid is a, uh, (laughs) Sid is, um, he's a World War I vet. He is an engineer by trade, sort of a fix-it guy that he's become after the war. He is a member of a secret society, uh, and he's basically uh, sort of the, the fix-it guy who helps with mechanical things and, um, and overall helps the group. Great. And tonight he has a big task ahead of him, so uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that goes down. Also uh, around the table going in that direction is Melinda. Melinda is not only the show's editor, uh, but also plays Faye Dawson. How you doing tonight, Mel? And how's Faye? We're both pretty good. Um, Faye is definitely eager to be back to her normal self. You know, these past few episodes, she's been um, a little worse for wear. I mean, she's definitely better than uh, she once was, but she definitely is excited to get back to helping the team in any way that she can. Background on her, Faye is a native Brooklynite. She has been around the globe with her father, traveling since she was a child, and now she's out making her own name. And as we can see, it is going not as well as she had planned. She's trying. (laughs) Faye's trying. That's good. (laughs) Well, she's going to be trying again this evening, so... But not trying in that way. Faye's a trying character. Oh, my my poor girl. (laughs) Also, we have tonight with us playing the effervescent Catherine Ross, uh, Lauren. (laughs) How is is Catherine tonight, Lauren? Is she still chafed? Chafed? Chafed at the whole world. Yeah, perpetually. No, she owns stocks and baby powder. She's so chafed. So Catherine is our designated team mom and, you know, our healer, the medic, World War I uh, veteran nurse. She's an overall badass. And the quote that we came up with last time we met was, Catherine Ross, she'll fix your wounds and then give you some. So that pretty much sums her up. And finally, we have joining us uh, the the longest member of the team so far uh, is uh, Scott playing Professor John Schooley. Uh, Scott, good evening. And is where's John tonight? Is he doing well? John is doing okay this evening, Keeper. He's uh, trying to psych himself up for this jaunt into the Reichstag, hopefully, if mm. that plan goes according to Hoyle, and uh, see if he is able to, uh, to abscond with the goods, so to speak, tonight. John, uh, is, is maybe some will remember, is a history professor by trade. He is a, a Canadian from the town of John's New Brunswick and finds himself world trotting around trying to do good. 
Excellent. So for those of you who... Um, it's been a week since this episode's been released, or the last episode, rather, just to get you caught up. Um, the team, uh, the events of Berlin are coming to a head quickly. Uh, the team now is pretty much got their plans together on how they're going to go and uh, seize the Nazi, the original swastika, the blooded flag. They are... The blood fund. The, the blood fund, yep. There's a, a couple of little things they do have to take care of to make this whole thing a reality, but it came together very quickly. It was an opportunity attack. They're trying to get this thing and secure it quickly because they have made some enemies, um, some of it inadvertently, but they've run into another an element that is definitely on their tail and looking for them, and that is the Thule Society, which was a secret society of uh, cult worshippers deep within the National Socialist Party. Uh, they eventually would become, for you history buffs, the Vril Society. So that's where we'll begin. We start off at a new apartment. Faye has been packing. Aveline has uh, been oiling her weapons and equipment and uh, has the car fully overhauled, ready to go. She even did a couple fan belt changes and things because that's just how Aveline is. And uh, Faye, why don't we... Um, we'll start with you. So you're in your bedroom. You are packing. You are uh, putting things together. The door is somewhat shut over because you had to get something off of a hook uh, that you had assembled. You didn't really have much taken out, but you're just going through your things because this is the first time you've been able to see how Sid and um, Aveline packed for you and, you know, took care of your your belongings. You're just kind of writing the, you know, the little nuances to packing. When you suddenly feel sharp pain down your back, you think at first maybe you tore a stitch, something's going on. Um, your breathing becomes a little labored. You're, you're puffing. You know, you're, you're trying to understand why this pain is so searing down your spine. And you reach for the bed and you grab onto it. And the curtain in the window by the nightstand begins to just slowly drape in and out. It, it begins to move. You, you're holding on to the bedspread and you look up at it. And you believe that the curtain is actually starting to take some sort of a shape. Um, you can see the silhouette of a face as it's draping, hanging from the curtain. What do you do? I yell for Catherine. Catherine, you hear a scream from the bedroom. Medically, you're assuming she must have lifted something. You know, there's yeah. pain. But you can hear it's a labored, Catherine! Like that. Faye, it, the, the drape begins to form into a, a shape of the head it doesn't actually go to the eyes it, but it hits the nose and hangs and drape just kind of be, seems like it's floating in and out and it says just one word it says Faye! and it screams your name Catherine you burst into the room and you see the drape of a curtain f violently floating around but beyond it the second pane or panel of the curtain seems to just be hanging aloft, almost out, and just draped down at like two feet off of the window glass. As it, you know, in the window is open, so the breeze is coming to your logical mind. You know, there's there's a lot of wind. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like that when you arrived. Must be picking up outside, but give me a roll on your power roll, Lauren. I have a 65 in POW, mm -hmm. and I rolled a 13, which is a critical success. Okay, so you... You hear Faye cry out. You see the drapes because it's a physical, something physically appears to be happening to them. But you don't hear the scream of the name. You don't, 
hear that mm-hmm. bolt, that booming voice that Faye heard. Yeah. She's crumpled on the bed, Lauren, and mm-hmm. she's she's clutching at the bedware. What does Catherine do? I go over and try to shut the window, because if it's the wind making this thing happen, I want to shut the window so I can further, I can start to reassure her, like, it was wind if it was just wind. So you you run over, and you start to try, you know, you're pulling down, pulling down. Give me a strength check. She's not a strong woman. I mean, physically. <laughs> She's very strong. I made it! 40. Yes. So you you start to wrestle the window a little bit and the curtain rubs up against you. The one that's blowing. The other one is still out. It looks like someone is like a dog when it tucks its head under and then comes up and looks at you like under a bed sheet or a drape. That one is still hanging and you're slow. You're you're pushing the window down and you you close it. As you look back, Faye's back is covered in red welts of blood. It seems like it's seeping through her clothes. And tears are full, just drawling down her eyes. Oh no. Now that the window is shut, is the is the curtain that looks like it's... Are both curtains now not doing not, anything? Not billowing, yes. The, yeah. other, the curtains definitely fall down. I can at least reassure her of that. How far is my medical bag? In the other room. It just, just in the other room? Mm-hmm. Faye, I will be right back. Hold on. I Don't run. Leave me. Okay. Don't leave me. I won't leave you. Um, who else is in the house right now? Everybody? Aveline's out with loading the car, but the boys are in the house. And Sid, you'd mentioned previously that you had first aid training from the yeah. war a little bit. Yes. Yep. Sid, my bag now. I'm in Faye's room now. All right, got it, love. Runs in, grabs the grabs her bag, and and runs into the room headlong. Okay. Hearing the cry of, uh, you know, the cry out, I I kind of run and follow to see what the situation is. So John walks, goes running in. Sid comes in with the bag. Do can I lift her shirt, or would I need to cut it? No, no. You can. You run over to her. You're looking at her. You're like, there wasn't this many wounds on this on her back. And as you pull it back, Lauren, there are no wounds. Her back is the way you remember it. It's dry. There is no blood. Not coming from her skin. There are no. There's blood on her shirt, though. Oh, yeah. Lines I touch, of blood. I run my hand gently across her back. What happened? Nothing? I don't feel anything? You feel wet. You take your hand up, and it is, it's got, it's sticky. The blood is on the cloth. It's in the fibers. It, but it is, I mean, it's not gushing. So when you touch it, it smears in your hand a bit. But for the most part, you know, it just feels sticky. It feels like her back was bleeding. I look at the mark on her wrist. It's still there. Is there anything weird about that specifically? You mean like no? no. No, like anything. Nothing? Okay. Faye, what happened? Tell me everything. What are you feeling? Just be as detailed as you can. What happened? I came in here. The curtain was open. The, the window was open. The curtain was blowing. And you're bleeding, but you're not hurt. Tell me what you're feeling. Hot dein Blut. Or hot dein Blut. That's German. Do I know it? She says so Faye just, Faye just spoke out in German? And you she don't, says she it d- like this. Do I understand it? It's a pretty basic ex- under- expression. He has your blood. Well, shit. Great. Holy poodles. Aveline comes in and sees everybody gathered around. What's going on? Holy crap. Faye, you're bleeding. Yes and no. With my occult, do I recognize that, uh, you know, those words as all of having any sort of significance? He has your blood. Go ahead. Give me a roll. Keeper also. Oh, um, that is the critical. John is the blood on her back in any well, specific shape? No. Blood on her back okay. appears to just be... It's not forming Sid, a symbol you know, right give, me a, 
your first aid. Give me a first aid shot. And then John will deal with okay. that. John rolled a critical success on his occult roll. That that was fabuloso. So we'll get to that in a second. And Sid no. did not roll so great on his first aid. Do you want me to do the same? Sid I'm, rolled a 73 uh, on his first aid, which is not good. What's your what's Sid's overall first aid? First aid is 50. Okay, so I don't think you want to spend 23 luck points. Do you yeah. want to try to push the roll, Sid? Is there something you want to do specifically to try to roll it again? Catherine, you're busy with the actual... Uh, trying to understand Faye's condition and the fact that, you know, you feel her skin, she's clammy, but we'll deal with that. So Sid's okay. looking at the right. wounds. You're looking to take care of the body. So Sid, we'll, she, this. we'll say that I open her, I open her medical bag and see if there's anything instinctually that I remember from during the war that you might treat a wound with, regardless of whether it's physical on her body. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that maybe this physical remedy will help this, yeah, not so this, whatever this is. Catherine's trying to calm her down, talking to her. Faye, what's the Faye? Please, please. You reach in, you get uh, some gauze or whatever, and some oint, you know, liniment, alcohol. Go ahead and give me another first aid roll. So you don't succeed at that at all. You're not sure you're fumbling through the bag. John, over to you. So yeah, your role was a critical success on the occult. So he has your blood. You know that blood is an incredibly powerful magical and for alchemical or uh -huh. spell casting or anything. It's an incredibly yep. potent device to wield against someone, especially if you want to do harm. You don't recognize the voice she said it in. You don't know, you know, you're, you can make some assumptions about who he is. But right now, somebody channeled. You, you're getting the sense that this message was sent to Faye, basically warning her that something terrible is going on. It's definitely it so felt like a, a warning. A message, a message of almost, a, almost of help. This was someone trying to alert her that things have gotten serious with Faye and the whole issue that happened the other night. You rolled a really good success. I mean, you're going to get as much as I can give you out of that. Thank you, Keeper. Yeah. I, I relate that to the others as they're frantically trying to calm and help Faye, you know, explaining, you know, what the blood means traditionally, what these different meanings mm -hmm. are. And in my, you know, knowledgeable way of that, explaining that this is likely what those words that Faye is having some sort of message channeled through okay. a warning. Catherine, give me another strength check, please. 21, that is a success. That is just under a hard. So you're holding Faye's hand and your wrist begins to twist. She's contorting. She says it again. She says it one last time. And you're like, Faye, you're breaking my wrist. Everybody, you know, Sid comes over. He grabs onto Faye. She starts convulsing for a second. She says the words again. She says, and she starts to cough and then goes down. Aveline's like, I'll get towels. She runs out. Everybody sees this. She's now breathing laboriously, but her body's calm, but she's trying to catch her breath. This took, this was a lot of energy coming at her. And it was a warning. Um, John is absolutely convinced this was not an attack. This was something to prepare her for whatever's out there something you're tr you're trying to convince me that this was not a malevolent act look at her not all uh, forms of help come in the way that we want them but uh the symbolism of the blood is somebody having power over Faye, and this voice is trying to help warn us that something out there may somehow 
I don't know, Keeper, does that sound right? Somehow having Faye's blood may somehow be able to have power over her? Or oh, yeah. Her. Yeah, the, um, yeah, definitely. The, Lauren, uh, Catherine doesn't need to make a medical roll for this. She would know. You run in and you get smelling salts, which is yeah. basically ammonia and some other chemicals so it doesn't burn their brain out. But it's basically like an ammonia capsule. You crack one, you hit Faye with it, she comes out. Faye, you know immediately the voice, you got an image in the curtain, all of that comes flooding back to you. You think you know who was calling out and you think you know what it means. Okay, so I'm awake now. Yep, Aveline's in yeah. with wet towels. She's got them draped on your forehead. You're propped up on the pillows. I start saying, sorry, all of this keeps happening to me. I am just a beacon for strange occurrences, but I think I know what that means. Don't hold back then. Yeah, wh- who, who do, you, do you remember what you said? No, it was in German. Okay, so you don't, you don't know what it was. Do I know what it means? They can tell you what it means, but you know what words you said. You know the you said "er hat dein Blut." Yeah, so, like can yeah. somebody who speaks German can you just translate for me? I have don't speak so, German, so it's you said he has your blood. Yeah, do you know who he is? It's pretty critical. I think he is. <laughs> no, nope. no pressure. I think he is cooler. I think the person that's trying to burn me is the same person who saved me in the graveyard. I don't even know if he tried to save me or if it was just his instincts. If I even, I don't remember anything from the hospital. Did I even tell you Faye, guys what happened to me? Faye, does the word Bergberg mean anything to you? German? In the hospital. Yeah. Don't speak any German. I don't know what that means. Keeper, I wrote that down. That was correct, right? What she had said in the hospital. So that doesn't, that's not familiar to you. But you're you are convinced, Faye, that the the drapery that formed that image was definitely what you saw in the graveyard. It was Heinrich. Yeah, it was Heinrich. Did we ever get Faye to tell us what happened in the graveyard, or things have been happening too much? Like, well, she was in and out of consciousness, and then for the most part, yeah, the ambulance ride, and then the relocation. Mm -hmm. It's been it's been tough to get to knock exactly. She doesn't remember Mueller taking blood from her. I'll clarify this point right now. She doesn't remember that happening inside of the Thule Society. However, she was drugged. That's number one. Number two, if you think through it, you'll figure out exactly how Mueller got it. It, It's not difficult. I lost a lot of blood in the graveyard. And you were in a hospital. Or in the car. And I was in a hospital. Took blood from me. The doctor would have turned that over to Mueller's people when he sent them there to try to collect Faye, you got her out in time. So you saved the physical body, that's great. Unfortunately, Mueller, being an occultist, was able to get connection to Faye, we believe, through her blood sample at the hospital. So Faye is still very marked. That's great. Heinrich somehow was able to get a message out to her. Have have I heard of any sort of protections, you know, rituals, you know, wards of any kind um, in any of my studies that uh, that seem to ward off this blood magic. What's your occult rating, uh, John? 70. To me, as at a, at a 50, not only are you fairly, pro, you know, prolific in certain types or the arcane itself, but by a 70, you're probably actually a, a practitioner even if you don't believe it, you would know enough and be able to channel enough to do things or know which wards. There are things you could do to slow him down, but you would really need to get in touch with your books. You'd need to be in some sort of an ascetic place 
to research which magics he's using. You know it's a the spell has blood in it, but there are a hundred incantations that may have blood in it. But if you want to slow her down, you could bathe her in salt water. I, I say, um, Faye, in my travels, I've learned some things that might be able to help protect you in this way. I, I'm going to have to do some research. As soon as we are done with our purpose here, I will make that my priority. I know this sounds strange, but right now, if you were to go soak in a salt bath, that could actually help you right now. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll do anything to get this. She has still open wounds, right? It's not going to feel nice. No, don't care. I'm just saying. Don't care. I have... Won't hurt you, but it's not going to feel great. Uh, I was going to burn Mark out, love. Oh, I've through to... much worse in the past show... few days, so... so... the morphine queen show up and just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I'm... Give him know... a shot, Kate. Give him a shot, Kate. It's perfect. Give you all a shot. We're conserving. Oh, it's okay. I'm down to my last, you know, 800 cc's of morphine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does everyone, so we're all in the same, just in case something happens to me before we all reunite, does everyone want me to tell you what I remember from the graveyard? Yes. Yeah, Aveline goes yeah. and starts the bath. Uh, she raids the, the kitchen that's been, you know, semi-stocked for you, and it's is got this, a large thing of salt. This is still the evening before the... Yep, before the, Thursday the night episode. around 10.30. So we're, you know, we've rested. We're yep. kind of up. This has happened. We're, it's downtime. It, yep. You know, you definitely have time for story time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not in any, we're not even on Friday yet. Friday at 2 o'clock is the rally. So you've got about 12, 14 hours, 13 and a half hours. So you're good. Okay. Try to tell the story as best as I can. I tend to get a little fast when I get excited. I remember them taking, was kidnapped from the Fool Society, was shot that stupid looking vermin and was taken to the full society questions the next thing i remember it was being dropped in a graveyard and one of the one of the members i think he felt bad for me and he dropped some money on his way back i picked that up i didn't really know if that was elephant hands and my feet were bound i managed to get my feet done just so I could escape if I needed to. I'm pretty fast. And then this creature, he looked like he'd been rotting in the graveyard for years. He just looked so grotesque. A man? It was Heinrich. You, know, only... his, you know his name? Told me. So that's the one who warned me. Heinrich? He got really close to me. My face was a little weird. And I saw more creatures like him circle in and I figured well it's or never and I do my best thinking on the fly so I had butted him and by surprise I jumped up and I don't think I've ever run so fast in my life and were circling in on me they were getting really close and they were screaming all they did was they either Heinrich spoke German but he just talked in this really slow very weird morphed way and the rest of them just screeched so reasoning with them so i'm running and i'm running and i saw the gate i was so close and i tripped fell and i should have died they were on me i've never attacked so brutally in my life and i thought i was going to die i was 
preparing myself. And all of a sudden, Heinrich started yelling, started yelling, mine, mine, and started attacking their creatures. And then they started attacking him. And I saw that as my opportunity and I ran. It wasn't going very fast, but I was able to get outside of the graveyard and I was picked up by some, it was a cab driver. I begged him to take me to the hotel so I could find you guys. I didn't really know how hurt I was. And he dropped me off at the hospital and that's where I saw you guys. My most exciting day, I I lived and know how I did. So you found a cab driver and to the best of your recollection, that's who brought you to the hotel, to the hospital. Yes. He picked me up, put me in the cab and dropped me off at the nearest hospital. Where did the creatures come from? I don't remember where they came from. Did they come from um, the holes, like the unoccupied graves that were nearby? Or I don't remember. It's a little fuzzy. Yeah, well, the whole event would have been fuzzy for you now, Faye. Uh, go ahead and give me an intel roll. Let's see what if I you can pull out from your memory. Um, that I made it. Okay, so the images, you're fairly confident. They came charging from several directions one of them which is something that sticks in your head now was wearing a german world war one uniform and several others were didn't have much clothing on but as you think about it yeah wait a minute they could have been in one had maybe military boots one had yeah maybe maybe like that's possible but you're sure definitely sure one did and heinrich had remnants of some of that garb on as well World War so it's likely that, a, maybe it's a military cemetery do i know the name of the cemetery would i remember that uh, i remember oh yes. what, a, what about it's um what about a battle that would have taken place in that area oftentimes that? military oftentimes military dead were buried at the site of the battle in which they died go ahead and make me a history roll john <laughs> that's a critical success Okay. for the win. Sorry, that is a hard success. It is a 21 hard success. Okay, so Faye gives you the name, if she's remembering it properly, Dorothenstadt. That cemetery, John, is from the uh, early 18th century. So there would have been, that the timeline doesn't work. More to what Sid said, maybe they were buried there, yep. honored, but that wasn't a battlefield. It's an old cemetery. Oh, yeah. If it's the one I'm thinking of, Faye. Yeah, it looked old. John, you, you're you also able to think to yourself after pieces together that that one would have been within about three to five miles, depending on the route, right about four or five miles from the hospital of that quarter of Berlin. So now you're starting to see, oh, now I get it. That makes sense why she was at that hospital. So okay. Aveline comes out and says the bath is ready. She said, she looks at Catherine, I used a lot of salt. Is that Okay. It'll hurt like hell, but she'll be all right. It's supposed to help. I don't know, like, why bathing in saline is gonna help, but all right. Look, I'll take anything at this point. Whatever's gonna keep. I mean, if Heinrich was able to speak through me, he doesn't have a guess. We're connected in some weird way. I don't know, but if Mueller has blood, God knows what he's able to do. So if a salt bath is gonna slow that down, then I'm ready to take a dip. So let's go. And Heinrich being a, some sort of supernatural creature, it's really hard to know exactly what he's capable of. As they go to put Faye in, in the tub, I, I look to John and I give him the nod 
to go out so that I can talk to him while she's bathing. You take okay. a moment to discreetly bow out as the ladies are taken care of privately. Door shuts. Right. So I, I look at him and I'm like, so she's talking to me and she's saying she doesn't know how this dead bloke who can talk can reach through cloth in the wall and talk to her. And it occurs to me, but I didn't want to say this in front of the ladies, what if she's dead herself and she just doesn't know or she's not all the way dead? Maybe this, this bloke wasn't really dead, but he was in sort of some trance or, or, or taken over some sort of way. And so they have a connection, if you will, almost like ghosts or race. And she doesn't know what's going on. I mean, I want to protect the poor girl, but I want to find out what's going on. I mean, I, I did run into some some weird ongoings where I come from. And, uh, you know, jolly old England's an old place. So we've seen some fair, strange things. And I thought it bared out saying. Keeper, does, does that seem to bear some sort of familiarity to me? What Sid is suggesting? Half dead. It, it's some like like evidences that we've seen where people have seemed alive in every aspect in in body function and blood pressure and temperature, but have actually been some sort of walking dead. No, more likely you're thinking temporary possession, a taint of some sort. Yeah, you know? something that maybe a priest could stop or slow down, John. Sid, I I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean. God knows, I you know I don't know every truth, but uh, but I, I have studied fairly deeply in you know related areas. I, I've not seen anything like what you're describing, but I, I think your instincts are right. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that she's got to be dead, right? Obviously, she's walking around. What I'm saying is there's so, some sort I, of a link somehow between between where the Heinrich is and where she is. They've got a link or a bond. You know, and I don't know that she's really aware of it yet, that he can reach out to her. That could be. It could also be, you know, some sort of, um, shall I say, possession, you know. It's a, possible. A spiritual taint of some sort. I mean, we're we're crossing over into the, uh, into the, the purview of priests and monks. So you both hear a scream from the bathing area and Catherine shouts out, she's okay. Just, just, she's all right. Catherine, so Damn, Faye, are you bathing alone, or are you okay with Catherine? No, okay. So Catherine I am not. I don't care who sees me at this point. <laughs> I am ever okay. Look, if Heinrich could do that with my sheets, and Lord knows what he'll do with me alone in a room where I'm submerged in water. No, Catherine's okay. bathing me. Catherine's so, seen boobs before. Yeah, Catherine and Aveline. Aveline's got her guns out. She's pointing at the door in case the guys come in. She's locked and loaded. She's like, I got the privacy, girls. No problem. Gentlemen. <laughs> Just in case. Well, they're screaming. You think they may want to. But that's all right. I'll put anybody down who opens that door. You know, Aveline. She's looking for a reason to shoot the guns. So, she's, <laughs> so Catherine, you, you've got this surgical scrub brush that you use to clean wounds. And you're trying to be incredibly gentle. So you take her left hand and you're washing, you know, making sure the saline is all over. She's, she's in, the shock at first is just the pain, but that starts to subside after a minute or so, like the wounds are clearing out. It's not comfortable, but it's not the, the scream sensation that she had. And you notice dirt under Faye's 
fingernails. Now, some of them have been cracked and chipped, but her, you know, her nails are like a woman from 1931. They're probably about half an inch long. So you clean, you wash her hands, you put that one down. You go back to the other arm. She asks you, for, you know, she says, how long do I have to be in here? I don't know. John's talking with Sid about something. Just, you know, let's just do your hair. I know it's disgusting to rinse it in salt water, but we got to get it. Catherine, you notice the dirt is back under her fingernails. Then you see some of it's under her left hand. So no big deal. You scrub it out. You rinse her hand. You start talking to her. You look down. She's like, what's wrong? Nothing. You're just, just close your eyes. I'm going to rinse your hair. She's like, okay, I, I just don't get the salt water in my eyes. She brings her hands up to cover her eyes. There is dirt under her fingernails. Face like, Not are you sounding my so hair? crazy now. <laughs> is something the matter? Nothing is wrong, dear. It's just your hair is disgusting. We should have done this sooner. In her traditional, like, I'm going to be super brusque way. Well, like, I think disgusting's a strong word, but okay, whatever. There's dirt all up in your hair. I'm a I nurse. I like things to be clean. It's fine. It's fine. You're fine. You're well, fine. I was in a graveyard. Catherine, yep. give me a sanity check. Okay. <laughs> 42. What's your sanity? With 61. It's much better than I'm actually feeling. So So you're going to only lose one point of sanity right now? Catherine's actually super freaked out by the idea of World War One, like, sentient zombies because of some personal stuff. No, so. you, you, t you grab her hand, like, you reassure yourself. As you're rinsing her hair, you push, you do the old two fingers on the jaw, on the, on the carotid artery, and you feel a pulse. She's no, alive. I'm not only bothered about Faye, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. There's an exterior. Hey. No, like, I'm main, 90% of my energy is concerned about my friend here. The last 10% is concerned with World War One sentient military zombies, potentially. I don't oh, know. True. She doesn't understand this stuff. She's very bothered by the idea. So lots of things are bothering me. I take her hands and I, as there's soap in her hair now, mm -hmm. I put her hands on her head. I'm like, scrub your head for a second for me. Just indulge me. Just, oh, just okay. Help, help me do that. She got long hair. After, sure. a after a couple of seconds, I like, oh, that's enough. I take her hands out of her hair with the soap and I dunk them in the water and then I pull them out. Mm -hmm. Dirt? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Catherine, you're obviously seeing something. You're too scared to tell me. Tell me what's going on. So many weird things happening to me, I'd rather know everything. You have dirt under your nails that won't go away. Faye, you pick it out. You kind of dip your hand in the water. You take it out. You're like, oh, well, it's gone. You show her. Is See, it no gone? it out myself it's yeah. she steps out of the tub you start drying her off Catherine. it's there again Faye, hand she goes oh must have missed it back to the boys okay, no, guys. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. no 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 are we looking to front. are we thinking an exorcism is involved are we uh just gonna stick to the plan and have aveline move her further away from the influence of mueller and Potentially Heinrich, or what are we thinking? I'm thinking that we need to get them to southwestern Germany, like we talked to, to um, uh, Dashenhof, and uh, see if we can't find somebody, uh, possibly a priest or something in Stuttgart or something. I mean, yes, you know, it, it, how, what is our, how, how much of a priority do we think of this? 
you know, I mean, we scrap the plans and see if we need to get help for Faye or did we go forward with the plans and look to try to get help for Faye when we all meet again in Southern Germany? I think we're too far gone to scrap the plan. I mean, we, we've got to do the plan, right? I, I think what we do is, you know, she has, there's no fangs popping out of her at the moment. Uh, you know, God, I hope it's not. But I think we go with the plan. We get her to Southern Germany that we talked about, get her away from that geezer and, and then see if we can't sort her out, right? I mean, this is more your side than mine. Quite honestly, it's a bit odd, mate. It's a bit odd. It, it, I totally understand how you feel, Sid. I, I do. I, I do know that... Keeper, it would seem to me that uh, sometimes these things, shall we say, can be time sensitive. Mm -hmm. And the distance. The, so, the, uh, John, you're also thinking, and I don't mean to interrupt you, you're also thinking yeah. that with the saline solution that she's coming out of now that you can hear the girls are getting dressed and stuff, getting her further away may also weaken a link, take okay. longer for things to occur because she's not within the, you know, a 10, 20 mile radius. So I, I you know, kind of relay that thought, Sid. Um, you know, these things can can escalate quickly. Time time can be a factor, but you're, you're not wrong that distance can help as well. Uh, proximity to whatever taint is working against her certainly helps it hasten and move faster. So her getting out of town, getting uh, getting to the place, you know, the, the, the hole up that we've been planned at is a good idea, and uh, we just have to make the decision. It's a little bit so of you're a saying, You're saying we should walk away. I'm not saying that necessarily. From the blood fund. I'm just saying this phase phase life can be in danger. Aveline These are serious the things. She's like, they're dressing. Yeah. She's she'll be ready to move in about twenty minutes, Catherine said. Aveline and Faye are planning on leaving tonight, right? Yep. That's that's good. Getting out of here fast is definitely the right plan. And if we're following what, a day behind him, Sid, right? We'll be out of here if all goes according right. to Right. I mean as soon as we do the deal, right? As soon as yeah. as soon as uh, as I kill the geezer and you, you take the flag. Then uh, you know we beat it up foot uh, after him, right? That, yeah, that's my time, understanding of the plan. Yeah, by can't, this time I tomorrow, imagine, you should be in you should be in the same house. I can't okay. imagine that it's that that's going to make that much of a difference. You know, Faye gets out of you know Faye, Faye gets out of here, puts some distance between herself and this place. Sure. Between the horrors that she had to experience when she was here. What's a couple extra horrors? Sure, mm. I guess. Sure. John, give me a luck roll. What's your yeah? It's it's thing? it's a hard success. So yeah, so the only reason I'm using it for that, you um, you go into your bag and there are some fetishes that you've collected or have along the way. Uh, you can choose. I'm gonna give you three. You have something that you know a fetish that was from the Orient. A um, small small stone talisman from the Khmer people. There you go. So. You have one there. You have an, an African symbol, uh, some sort of a fetish uh, item from them. Uh, made Crafted out of, from bone. Yep, from bone. And then you have a Catholic, a Christian cross. Rosaries that supposedly had been blessed in waters. In the Vatican. Yeah, exactly. So you can choose which of those three you wish to part with and give to Faye and Aveline before their journey begins. I have something that might work as well. I saved it from the war, and I pull out of inside my shirt a small pouch, and inside my pouch is the finger of a the bone finger bone of a saint that I pulled out of the rubble of a church. You've got a relic during the Battle of the Sun, yeah. And uh, I saved it, thinking that it might come in handy someday. Relics can hold great power, my friend. Jeez, 
I got a bone saw. <laughs> I was part of a book club. I have a bone saw. Catherine's like, I got morphine and a bone saw. I got a bone saw. I can make relics all day Damn long. long. <laughs> Good lord. Let's start, a, let's start a business. We, th this expedition needs funding. I'm going to engrave onto it, Relic Maker. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard of Orcrest? This is Relic Maker. Nice. <laughs> so... Uh, Sid, you're willing to part with that temporarily and give that to Faye and Aveline? For Faye? Of course. So Faye's dress, she comes out. Um, her hair looks pretty ratty. Um, when you wash <laughs> it in salt water, it doesn't comb great. But the rest of her, you know, she's up. She's about, everything's been loaded in the car. They're getting ready to go, and Sid passes her this, this small, old-looking, just bag that he wears around his neck. It's, you know, it's only about two inches by four inches. And he's, you know, this will keep you safe, love. And she does it. She subconsciously starts cleaning at her hands again, kind of just flicking them clean. And this time they stay clean. Nice. Catherine, you don't see the dirt come back. Oh, good. So Faye's like, oh, see? Came off. Just, it was really under there, that's all. Yep. They make their way downstairs. You uh, try not to wake the landlady. It's almost 11. 11, I'll call it 11.30 by the time she bathed and Aveline got everything loaded. The car starts. Aveline, you know, says, I'll take good care of her. Everybody, you know, waves each other goodbye. But real fast. Yep. Go ahead, Faye. Um, just before, um, we already talked about this, like, out of game, but um, I just want to make sure that in game we just say, like, cover story. Yep. When we all get down, it's just Aveline and I are cousins going down to the town to do some uh, genealogy hunting. Catherine is our other cousin. Boys are our fiancés who will join us. So we're going to book two rooms, a guy's room and a girl's room. It won't look weird because, you know, we're not married yet. at live in sin. So that's just the cover story in case anybody asks. I'm not going to specify who's each to who. It'll just less details, the better it'll work. Yeah. Keep just, it free. Keep it open. Right. I exactly. Right? You know? exactly. It's like a picnic, you know, maybe a little wine. Yeah. But it is important to know if they ask that I was mugged while we were visiting. That's why I look the way I do. That's why I'm missing my identification if they ask. So so we're all clear on that. So Faye waves. She gives Catherine a hug before she goes. Especially, She thanks everybody for you know, helping her. But she especially, like, she just holds on to Catherine for like, a little bit longer than Catherine's comfortable with. Oh, just yeah. says, like, I couldn't get it through without you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Nope. And, and you. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> no, uh, keep cleaning your. Uh, I'll I'll see you in in a day, but uh, don't just just keep them keep your stitches clean. Like you know your um, do do you want anything for the road? I'm like rifling in my medical bag. Like do do you need something? Like um, no 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 no. You need a quick juice up before the trip? That's not that's not what she meant. Like she hands Abilene yeah. some extra bandages oh, okay. like on the off chance, like like here's some bandages, here's some like some alcohol for like cleaning. Right. Seem like the worried parent sending their kid off to college, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am I kinda put mom. my hand on I put my hand on Catherine's shoulder and I'm like, Catherine, you've treated you've cared for her beautifully. She's gonna be fine. Uh, Sid shuffles up. And sort of looking at his shoes as he sort of shuffles in front of Faye, sort of leans in a little bit and says, um, put it around your neck, love. Keep it close to your heart. We don't want to lose you now. Okay. I'll do my best. By the way, what's that? Wait, should I open it? Should I keep it close? Like, I want to know what's in here? Okay, I'll keep it close. He says it's the it's bone. It's powers in the mystery. 
Yeah, it yeah. powers the mystery. So the car starts, you know, Aveline says, yeah, I'm leaving too. Just bye, everybody. <laughs> um, she, loves, she gets in. Drive safe. <laughs> Drive safe. Don't hit it. anything. <laughs> if anything bad happens, we're going to blame you, Aveline. <laughs> wow. And my daughter's <laughs> somewhere at work, the hackles. Um, so the car start, you know, starts to pull away down the street. I'll need power rolls, power rolls from Sid, Catherine, and John, please. Power rolls? Yeah, P is the car going to blow up? No. Enough, Faye, what is, please. Um, I am stealing power. the rolls tonight. Yep. Oh, John rolls a 37. Nice. Um, 72. Okay. That's not a, no. I understand. Okay. Yes, baby, yes. That's, uh, that's good. 43. Catherine, you feel the hackles on the back of your neck lift. You get a sense of dread. Uh, the car is, the lights are starting to fade. There's a little bit of mist, a little fog. You see the car slow as it's about to make a left-hand turn. And just for a moment, just for a second, you believe in the mist something coalesces and you see this lumbering, misshapen creature, a ghostly shell, uh, almost incorporeal, but the outline of it, look back at you. It opens its mouth as it's trying to scream, but it's sitting on the back of the car as, it, as Aveline guns it, makes the left-hand turn, and the car disappears into the night. We'll stop there oh, for this evening. So I want to thank ah! everybody. <laughs> Um, for this week's episode, Berlin continues, but we are getting close. Sid, Faye, Catherine, John, really appreciate everyone tonight. Thank you for joining us. You out there listening, don't forget, like, subscribe, share, all that stuff at your favorite podcast. You can visit us at the Bardic College Lounge on Facebook or at the call uh, Cthulhu in Cairo page. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you're enjoying the show. But uh, from uh, myself and from the players, we really want to thank everybody. It's been a great night when we'll see you next time. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.